is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to your Sunday night recap. It is Fantasy Week 12. Playoffs are just around the corner. Will we have Melvin Gordon? I feel very deflated, Heath Cummings. Deflated by this Melvin Gordon news. Yeah, it's not a good thing unless you are somebody who owns Austin Eckler and not Melvin Gordon and you just gained a top 20 running back for the next few weeks. Yeah, I mean, is that too low, top 20? I don't know. It's, it's really tough to say because there will be a split. He's not going to get a Melvin Gordon workload. Uh, we even saw it in the second half today with Jackson getting some of the work on oh, the ground. Oh, but you know what? He got all the work in the Tennessee game. And that didn't go very well. Because Tennessee's terrible. very good. I mean, they, you got, you gotta figure Justin Jackson was getting some work because they were, you know, they, they put Cheeto Smith in the game. They were killing him. Yeah, yeah, I, I would, I would guess he's going to get 50% of the carries and most of the work in the, 50? I mean, the big thing today, the right. big, he got, he got far fewer carries than Jackson today, even during the third quarter. I hope you're wrong, but you could be right. Okay. Yeah, so first of all, like it's an MCL sprain. Could be a couple weeks. Doesn't doesn't mean Melvin Gordon. He's not out for the season or anything. When like do that. they play the Chiefs? Three weeks, I believe. Their next three games are at Pittsburgh, home against Cincinnati, and at Kansas City. I would be surprised if he is back before the Kansas City. Game. I mean, it's just BS, man. Because like, you got your fantasy playoffs. Melvin Gordon has taken you there, and his first two matchups in the fantasy playoffs are the Bengals and the Chiefs. You're gonna win, you're gonna get to the championship on the back of Melvin Gordon. This is a very no, you're not. well, you're not anymore. <laughs> uh, but you know what was good? The waiver wire pickups were good. You know, we had a feeling that it was be it was gonna be a good week for waiver wiring, and uh, Lamar Jackson and Jameis Winston were good. I, I don't know that we should say great. Lamar Jackson is not going to be a top twelve quarterback. Uh, maybe in six in, point per in, passing right, touchdown leagues. In yes. four point per passing touchdown leagues, he probably will be. But, um, yeah, what do you think about those two going forward? Jackson not officially named the starter going, going forward. Should mention that. Uh, but we're hopeful. Jackson and Winston. I mean, I will say Winston was great. He, he was actually maybe for the first time all season better in real life than he was in fantasy. Didn't turn the ball over, completed a high percentage of his passes. Winston played a very good football game. Jackson, the second half was what I was hoping for and expected from Lamar Jackson. I don't know what in the hell they were doing in the first half. They threw 16 passes and he ran the ball twice. If if that had continued through the game, I'd have been telling everyone, I'm sorry, drop Lamar Jackson, he's useless. Because <laughs> he's not any good if that's the plan. But he can't – I don't think it's difficult. Because I don't like saying he can't throw the ball. Because he makes throws – that makes it very clear that he can throw the ball. He has the ability to make NFL throws. He's struggling with the consistency right now, which would I, which I think would probably get better with more experience. And hopefully he'll get that experience at Atlanta next week. Meanwhile, the waiver back, waiver wire running backs were pretty much exactly what we hoped for. Gus Edwards, he's 82% owned, 23 carries, 118 yards. Alex Collins was inactive. Josh Adams, 79% owned. They were both started in about 50% of leagues. Edwards a little bit more than Adams. Adams had uh, 22 carries, 84 yards, and a touchdown, and he had a two-point conversion. 
So, uh, you know, good stuff for, for both of them. And do you trust both Edwards and Adams rest of season? I do. I like you look at Adams' stat line, and it's selling him a little bit short. He had a 52-yard touchdown that was called back because of a stupid holding penalty. He should have had 130 yards and had two touchdowns. Uh, I, I trust both these guys. I like Edwards more in non-PPR. I like Adams just a little bit more in PPR. He didn't do as much in the passing game in this game, but I still think he has a better opportunity to catch passes than Edwards does. Pardon me, still a little sick, but people tell me I sound better this way. Uh, DJ Moore was one of our favorite waiver wire wide receivers, and he came through. Eight catches, 91 yards on nine targets. Devin Funches did not play, but do you think DJ Moore is a guy? He was started in 48% of leagues, so everybody was cautious with Edwards, Adams, and, and Moore. They were started in between 45 and 51% of leagues. But you, you have faith in Edwards and Adams. What about DJ Moore? I have faith in DJ Moore too, but I have some leagues where I didn't start him. And I think that's the thing to, to really watch with start percentage at this point in the year. Like, if you're going out and making aggressive claims in the waiver wire, you're probably in the playoff hunt. You may have a very good team and you might not have a room for one of these guys on a certain week. But I think they're all going to be good moving forward. So the big news, Melvin Gordon with the knee injury and Austin Eckler is uh, something like 82% owned. I, I, He'll be 100% owned soon or close to it. Leonard Fournette got ejected with two minutes and 52 seconds to play in the third quarter. That was, uh, that was ugly. And it may have cost them the game because they, they, uh, did not score after that. They missed a field goal. They went backwards. I'm sure we've all seen it by now, but you think he's going to get suspended? I think he's going to get suspended. I expect that he, I, 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 if that doesn't get you suspended, I don't know what does. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think he'll he'll be suspended, and that would mean uh, Carlos Hyde, who is about 32% owned. He got a goal line carry immediately after Fournette got ejected, and Hyde uh, will get the Colts next week. Uh, John Harbaugh did not commit to a starting quarterback for next week. Mentioned that. Andy Dalton sprained his thumb, so it doesn't seem like it's a huge injury. Hopefully he can play next week, Andy Dalton. Phillip Rivers. Went 25 for 25 to tie the consecutive completion record. I wonder if he knew about that when he threw incomplete to Eckler on his 26th pass attempt. I would be surprised if he did. That's kind of a weird record. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering if somebody heard it on the broadcast or something like that and relayed it down at the sideline. I doubt it. Because it was in between possessions. He tied the record on a touchdown pass. Anyway, amazing game for Philip Rivers. He did set the, uh, I'm pretty sure he set the record for single game completion percentage. You know, he threw one incompletion, so probably. Uh, started of the week, Marlon Mack. You know, he didn't play poorly. He had, uh, almost 100 total yards. 15 carries, 85 yards, two catches, 11 yards, but he left with a concussion in the fourth quarter. And, um, hope, hope he's able to recover. Naeem Hines got a lot of work after Mack went out. As if the Jaguars needed any more injuries on their offensive line, Andrew Norwell, their high-priced free agent addition at guard, he was carted off the field. They're on their fourth-string left tackle. They've already lost Brandon Linder, and Norwell might be out as well. Evan Ingram did not play. He hurt his hamstrings and warm-ups. One hamstring. And Vance McDonald left with an injury. And it's time for Heat's winners and losers. Uh, your, your winners are Gus Edwards and Josh Adams. So... Do you remember when we used to do the Sunday night show and we would start the show and you would start with our winners and losers? Yeah, should I go back to that? And then I started sending you my names in advance. And from what I understand, (laughs) I'm the only person that actually responds and sends you the names in advance. 
and then you fill the news and notes up with the guys that I've sent you for winners and losers. Okay, Dave sent me some winners and losers. Dave and Jamie were supposed to be on, but they are not on today. So Dave's winners are Adam Humphreys and David Njoku. Those are pretty interesting. Adam Humphreys against the Niners had six catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown. Um, and that is coming off a 60-yard and one-touchdown game at the Giants last week. And David Njoku took advantage of a good matchup, has great matchups going forward, and he had 63 yards and a touchdown. They both had about 60 yards and a touchdown, Humphreys and Njoku. So what do you think about them, buddy? Yeah, because we don't need to talk about my guys. Um, We just did. I, I am a little bit concerned about Adam Humphrey's sustainability. It does look like right now he's number two in the pecking order behind Mike Evans. And we know the history of problems that Jameis has had connecting with Deshaun Jackson. And and Deshaun Jackson doesn't like Jameis Winston. He's made that pretty clear just like (laughs) on tape. So it's no wonder that they can't connect. Uh, I Humphrey's should be a fine low end number three in PPR. He's a, he's a Jarvis Landry type. (laughs) Well, okay, Jarvis Landry's one of your losers, right? It was disgustingly bad. And Alshon Jeffries, your other loser, but they were How both started How does Baker Mayfield have two, the two best games of his entire career, and Jarvis Landry is just irrelevant? Baker Mayfield's your number one quarterback in fantasy this week, as of right now, as of the beginning of the and, Sunday And night his game. number one receiver had three catches for 30 yards. Who is his number one receiver? Well, uh, uh, Jarvis Landry's the one being paid like it. I mean, he really spread the ball around. I don't even know who led the team in, probably Njoku must have led the team in receiving, and I'm guessing Nick Chubb was second. Uh, so, yeah, let's, let's double check. Yeah, Njoku, oh, Callaway was second, and Nick Chubb was third. What do you do if you're Land, if you're a Landry owner? You just, you just keep sitting him? You can't start him. No. I don't think there, and I, and I haven't really thought too much about the waiver wire for next week. I don't think there are too many exciting guys. That I'd be saying drop Jarvis Landry, but if I was in a league and I noticed that Austin Eckler had been dropped by someone, maybe to pick up a kicker or something, <laughs> I would drop Jarvis Landry to pick up Austin Eckler in a heartbeat. Would you drop Jarvis Landry to pick up Adam Humphreys? I don't. I think you're just you're sw- swapping out one thing for another. I mean, they're basically the same thing. Would you rather have DJ Moore or Jarvis Landry? DJ Moore. Alshon Jeffries, your other loser. 99% owned, 70% started, and uh yeah, three targets. The Eagles offense just it's not it's not humming, that's for sure. Um what do you think about Jeffrey? Is he in the same category as Landry as a sit now? They really committed to running the ball in the second half of that game. I mean it was just Adams, Adams, Adams. He had like four or five carries in the first half. And I mean you look at the targets from this game, Golden Tate and Zach Ertz led the team with eight. Goddard had four. And then Alshon Jeffrey has three. Yeah, it's three straight bad games in a row since Tate joined the team. Yeah, so what do you what do you do? Sit him. Washington next week. You, I don't think you can start him against Washington. But <sighs> a bummer. Yeah, it's uh, that one's perplexing to me because I really thought he was going to be good, but you know, Wentz had another bad fantasy game. He didn't play poorly, but he only had one touchdown. It was to Ertz and. They have found a running game. The question is, did they really find a running game, or did they just find the Giants, who are now possibly the worst run defense in the NFL? They're, they're one, of the, one of the worst five. They did get three sacks and, and like increased their season total by thirty <laughs> percent. That was I couldn't believe that. Uh, all right, I'll give you a winner and a loser since Dave and Jamie aren't here. 
Eric Ebron is a winner. Two touchdowns. Andrew Luck loves Eric Ebron. Yeah, I the touchdowns weren't what made me think he was a winner, but I did think he was a winner because I think for the first time all year that he played a game with Jack Doyle, he was actually more targeted than Jack Doyle. He had seven targets in this game. Doyle had just four. So if he's the touchdown guy and he's getting more targets than Doyle, then I don't have the concerns about him that I had coming into this week. Well, I mean, I can't sit here and look at the targets and say, well, Eric Ebron's going to get more targets going forward. I just know that he's a tight end and he's going to score touchdowns and you're going to have to start him. Uh, I'm going to, instead of giving you a winner, a loser, I'm going to give you another winner. Sony Michelle. The offense goes through Sony Michelle. He's 21 carries, 133 yards and a touch and two catches. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, and really it was kind of weird because I was worried about who was going to, fall out of favor in this offense. There weren't enough touches to go around. For one game, at least, it didn't matter. I mean, if there were clear losers. James White, Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, they only saw five targets. For the most part, if that's the case, they're not going to be very good in fantasy. But the one guy that didn't lose anything at all was Sony Michelle. 21 carries, also saw two targets, which was surprising to me. He was very good. This was a low pass attempt game for Tom Brady. Uh, I think he had 31. 31 pass attempts. Previously, he had thrown 35 or more passes in 9 out of 10 games. But that's uh, kind of what the Patriots have been known to do late in the year. Yeah, maybe, but they were also nursing a lead late in the game, which <laughs> I assume this won't be the last time they're nursing a lead late in the game, but Minnesota next week at home will be interesting. Well, I mean, it kind of goes like the offense goes through Sony Michelle if it's a low-pass volume game for Tom Brady. Uh, I, I'm, I'm saying... He's a he, like you should never. I don't think anybody should hesitate to start Sony Michelle. He was started in fifty-seven percent of leagues. I don't get it. What did Sony Michelle do to warrant being started in fifty-seven percent of leagues? Well, it had been almost a month since he'd been good because they had a bye week. He had an injury game. He had a bad game. Yeah, he had one. He did. He had one bad game. Other than that, he's been awesome this year since he really got the job. Now, if Burkhead comes in and screws everything up, then I'm sorry, but I don't think that's going to and- happen. And it was very close to us having a serious concern about his goal line carries. <laughs> With Cordell Patterson? The very first run they had from the two went to him, and he came close to getting in. And then Michelle got stuffed. I actually thought Michelle got stuffed on the last one as well. No, but they he said he in. was in. He got it. He got it. Uh, all right. News and notes coming up in just a second. We'll go through all the leaders. We will uh, go through every game. All that good stuff. First, we're going to go through the SeatGeek app because the SeatGeek app is the best. And if you want to get $10 off your first purchase, use the pro the promo code FFT. On your first purchase, FFT is the code. You get 10 bucks off. So, look, you need tickets to a concert, comedy theater, or obviously a sporting event. You download the SeatGeek app. Go to SeatGeek.com if you have to. Now, if you've never used SeatGeek, why is it better than the rest? Because, you know, you don't have to search for multiple sites uh, anymore or on multiple sites. SeatGeek does it for you. You search for one event on SeatGeek, and it goes out, and it brings in tickets from multiple sites. It grades every seat based on value. That saves you time. That saves you money, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. You can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. I do it all the time. I know Heath has gone to concerts on SeatGeek. I've gone to a variety of events with the SeatGeek app. Tickets are right there on your phone. It's just so simple. So download the app. Use the code FFT. And get $10 off your first SeatGeek purchase. FFT is the code. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. 
All right, some more news and notes. Kenyon Drake left with an arm injury, but he returned. Sonny Michelle left with an injury, but he returned. And then Josh Adams had – oh, I think Heath mentioned this. He had a 52-yard uh, touchdown run called back on just, a holding just call. Just go through my notes and, and read them off later. Uh, the Colts-Dolphins game had this freaking awesome four-play sequence of a really long Lorante Carew touchdown, then an interception, then a fumble, and then an interception. Four plays in a row. Something awesome. Uh, San Francisco safety Jimmy Ward broke his arm. That's uh, tough news there. Jeff Hireman left with a back injury. Jacksonville defensive tackle Marcel Darius was inactive, which made me think, eh, maybe LeSean McCoy going to have a good game, and he did not. Alfred Morris wasn't active. Alex Collins wasn't active. Cordy Glenn, Cincinnati's left tackle, he missed today's game. Carolina suffered a, uh, an important injury on the first play from scrimmage. Dante Jackson, their cornerback, starting corner, left with a quad injury and did not return. And then some uh, some history was made. Graham Gano had made 41 straight field goals at home. That's a really weird streak. And he missed a very important field goal and ended up costing them the game. Carolina had its 10-game home winning streak snapped thanks to that Graham Gano field goal and other things. And Cleveland won on the road for the first time since 2015 and won consecutive games for the first time since 2014. Heath, let's do some buy or sell. Buy or sell. Tyler Lockett is the best Seahawks wide receiver rest of season. Uh, bye. He's been the best wide receiver so far this season, except for like one and a half games, and he will continue to be the best wide receiver on the Seahawks. He was started in 64% of leagues. Doug Baldwin started in only 36% of leagues. Baldwin led the team in targets, um, and Russell Wilson missed him again in the end zone, second week in a row. So if you like Lockett, do you still like Baldwin? I think Baldwin is a number three receiver. The problem for Baldwin is he's running Jarvis Landry routes most of the time. And so, like, even this game, he had seven targets. He turned it into 39 yards. And part of that's because Wilson missed him on one throw. But for the most part, Baldwin's targets are within 10, yard, 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. Buy or sell, LeSean McCoy is droppable after 17 carries for 46 yards and one catch against the Jaguars. Uh, they play the Dolphins next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and hold on to him, and I'm probably going to use him as a flex this week. And then they play the Jets, and he just had 113 rushing yards and two touchdowns against the Jets two weeks ago. Uh, buy or sell, there's not one Miami Dolphins wide receiver worth owning. Uh, I would buy that. It was really disappointing. I haven't seen an update on Danny Amendola, um, but he suffered a knee injury after his first catch, tried to come back, and then couldn't make it work. And they were just lost. So I, I'll buy that. James Conner owners should be a little concerned, buy or sell. That is one of my uh, things for the uh, Believe It or Not tomorrow, and I do not believe that. <laughs> I think he's going to be just fine. Not a bad schedule coming up at all. I don't have any reason. I'm going to be starting him without question. Schedule for Connor is the Chargers at Oakland, New England at New Orleans, Cincinnati. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald is a must-start wide receiver, buy or sell. This is so con – I'm conflicted. Because, I mean, it's Larry Fitzgerald, and I've been arguing for Larry Fitzgerald as a must-start wide receiver for like four years now. <laughs> yep. Uh, it's not the same thing, though. He's got six targets in the last two games. He's, and Josh Rosen has like 240 passing yards in the last two games, something like that. He's, he's gone Combined. from the guy who, well, he's going to catch nine passes a game, but he never scores a touchdown, to, well, he scored three touchdowns in the last two games, but he doesn't get any targets. 
<laughs> I don't like that, but looking at his schedule, I can't imagine I'm going to sit him. It's the Packers, it's the Lions, it's the Falcons, it's the Rams. Wow, that's great. I think you're going to use Larry Fitzgerald. I uh, I started him over Doug Baldwin. I'll probably be having that decision just about every week now in one of my leagues. I think he'll be starting him over Doug Baldwin for sure. I'd probably start Tyler Lockett over him moving forward. All right, leaderboard. Let's take a look at the best of Fantasy Week 12. Baker Mayfield. Yeah, You know what? I'm an idiot for not mentioning him with the waiver wire guys at the top of the show. Idiot moron move. Uh, Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott, Drew Brees, Andrew Luck, and Josh Allen are your top five quarterbacks up through uh, through the end of the early games on Sunday with two games left. Mayfield, Prescott, Brees, Luck, and I assume we can just throw out Josh Allen. He had 13 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown rushing. Um, this was Josh Allen's second week this year as a top five fantasy quarterback. Wow. And I think that may be more than Tom Brady. I don't know that he's going to finish that way, though. He's fifth. Well, and again, this is, I think where I actually saw that was on a, this week there was a wild difference between the six point per pass and four point per pass touchdown leagues. Ah. He's QB two in four point per pass touchdown leagues. Okay. Yeah, he'll probably stay there then in the top five. Uh, no, I don't think he's probably relevant in anything more than a two QB league. I, I may have, I think I actually started him this week. Nice. In over, because I had Trubisky. Well then, how about we talk um, about how about we talk about Baker Mayfield because he seems to be emerging right now. But he's been phenomenal. The Bengals are are the worst. Um, what do you think? Do you buy Mayfield? I, what's their schedule like? I think he's going to be a matchup dependent number one quarterback. Guess who they play in Week 16, your championship week? The Bengals. The Bengals. But their next game is at Houston, then Carolina, then at Denver, then Cincinnati. That's he's going to be right on the border. I I don't think he's going to be a must start guy. But he has been very good as of late, and they've got the offense working. All they had to do was stop throwing it to Jarvis Landry. <laughs> okay, your top five running backs in Fantasy Week 12. Oh, man. Christian McCaffrey. I, I don't think anybody cares about this. I'm going to say it anyway because I'm in charge here. Uh, my brother has Christian McCaffrey in a PPR league, and they get 100-yard bonuses in that league for rushing and receiving, and they get 10-point bonuses for 100 yards. Uh, Christian McCaffrey scored 66 points in that league. I believe even without those bonuses, he had the highest scoring week of the year. For a running back? Uh-huh. He would have had 46 points in PPR. Unbelievable game for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Saquon Barkley is number two. 26 points in standard, 33 in non-PPR. Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, and how about Kenyon Drake? Scoring twice, getting only eight carries, five catches. And he's tied with LeGarrette Blunt in non-PPR, but he's ahead of him in PPR. Uh, what do you think of Kenyon Drake? Heath? I think he's really, really good. I don't know why Adam Gase hates talented players so much. I, it's a good question. I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Give this guy 20 touches a week and see what happens. It's we saw happen, what happened though. last year. He was a top five running back in the NFL. Yeah. Let me see what Drake's start percentage was. It was 31%. Well, it's half of those people are out of the playoffs and just forgot they were starting him. <laughs> half of 31%? Yeah, yes. probably. Buffalo next week. I mean, it's always a good opportunity for him, but he just, but still, he got out carried by Frank Gore, who had another respectable game. 14 carries for 67 yards. 
Are you going to start Kenyon Drake going forward? No more bye no. weeks. Yeah. And I love that Nick Chubb's involved in the passing game, Heath. They're just using him like the superstar that he is. Yeah, he looks pretty damn good. All right, let's get to our top five wide receivers from Fantasy Week 12. Amari Cooper's still number one. Juju Smith-Schuster, 13 catches, 189 yards and a touchdown, plus a 97-yard touchdown catch. Uh David Moore and Tyler Lockett, Heath, both went over 100 yards with a touchdown. And then there's, of course, Robert Foster who is top five in non-PPR. He's not quite there in PPR, but he had 94 yards and a touchdown, two catches. He is a Bills wide receiver and undrafted free agent. Um, then you got Edelman, you got Westbrook, you got Mike Williams, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyler Boyd. There's actually a ton of players in this range. But how about uh, David Moore? Do you have any interest in David Moore? I think he's a very good red zone threat. And I don't think there's that much difference between him and Doug Baldwin moving forward. They're different types of players. I would expect Baldwin to be better in PPR. But with the way they're targeting more down the field, I think in non-PPR, those guys are going to be very close to each other. Moore should be owned, and he is a low-end number three receiver. So you are discouraged by Julian Edelman? Four catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown? I don't think, based on the history of Julian Edelman's career— if he falls down to the five to seven target range, he's going to be reliable. Yeah. It, only, only one player had more than five targets for the Patriots today, and it was Gronkowski. He had seven. Edelman, Gordon, and White all had five. So we were pretty interested to see how this would work out. James White was terrible in the passing game. One catch for five yards. How does that happen? I don't have any idea. Nine carries for 73 yards kind of saved his bacon a little bit. But that's shocking. I don't know. I don't know that there's any conclusions to be drawn from that. Maybe just no. Like if a, they if they go this if this is their plan, then it's just a small nick for everyone's value. Well, let's go to the tight ends. Uh, unless let me see. There's another wide receiver I wanted to ask you about. Uh, Mike Williams, four catches, twenty five yards, two touchdowns. He's very good in the red zone. He is a. a but I mean, we we make fun of old big receivers and call them tight ends. Mike Williams is being used like a tight end right now. <laughs> Except he's much more athletic. I mean, yes. He made some he made some really nice catches. I have absolutely no interest in Mike in Mike Williams. No. Zero. Uh tight ends. Ebron one. Ertz one in PPR, two in non PPR. Ebron and Ertz are back to back. Uh Vernon Davis still three. David Njoku and Rob Gronkowski. So how about Gronk? Three catches, 56 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. Led the team in targets. Had a really nice touchdown catch. But I don't know, man. It doesn't look like he's the same player right now still. He just – like they threw to him a lot, and he was well covered for most of what I saw anyway. I thought on that touchdown, it looked like old Gronk again. Sure. Not, yeah. And not old Gronk, which we currently have, but the old Gronk from Gronk the past. Old. The rest of the time, he just looked like old Gronk. Like he's yeah. old. No separation, and he got hit a couple times and did not look like he wanted to get back up. I agree, yeah. It was – I don't know what the fantasy takeaway here is because, like, you're going to start him every week. Yep. But it wasn't uh, – it wasn't the most – the most encouraging three-catch, 56-yard, and a touchdown game. But you're going to start him every week. <laughs> uh, Matt Lacoste caught a touchdown, and Jeff Hireman's out – or got hurt anyway. Uh, Jared Cook and Cameron Brait. Luckily, they caught some touchdowns. Jared Cook made one of the greatest Woo. catches I've ever seen in my life. It was terrific. 
That was a fun. That was better than the original Odell catch. You're an idiot. That was better. You're uh, if I all of his momentum was going one way, he reached back with the hand, stayed in bounds, and fell into the end zone. Far more athleticism involved. Oh yeah, right, exactly. Uh, If I were in the same room as you, I'd throw a drink at you. I don't drink. I throw my water at you. I drench you with my water, and I'm sick, and I get you sick. It would be just a terrible thing to do. Um, what do you think of Cameron Brait? Three catches, 26 yards, and a touch. I mean, it was just about what we expect from Cameron Bray. Yeah. Would you rather have Braid or Jordan Reed? I think I'd still rather have Reed in PPR. Okay. Were there any interesting almost touchdowns to talk about? There were some very fr- – I was sweating DFS for most of the late games. And T.Y. Hilton had one. Keenan Allen had one. Yeah. Where they were, like, pushed out of bounds at the one or the two. Uh Dante Moncrief – on the play before the fight, yep. had an almost touchdown. There were a lot of almost touchdowns today. The one that stood out to me was Doug Baldwin. He was wide open in the end zone, and yes, and he got missed. And we'd be- and as good as as good as DJ Moore was, he caught a pass on one of those crossing routes they like to run so much, and got tripped up, and had nobody between him and the end zone. I mean, he was just one ankle tackle away from a touchdown. You mentioned the Cordero Patterson thing. He got a shot at the goal line, and then. Sonny Michelle came in and got the next two from the goal line and eventually scored. Uh, Philip Lindsay had a two yard touchdown run and that was, you know, that was really nice to see. He had his, he had his second, <coughs> excuse me, really tough matchup of the season in my opinion, Philip Lindsay, and he crushed it. Yes. O- over a hundred yards, a goal line carry, a touchdown. He's so good. Oh, and Matt Breida had a stretch where he got stuffed at the goal line and I thought he got in and then he ran in for a touchdown and they called it back because of penalty. But he did score later in the game. Yes, but not on that drive. Uh, Greg Olson dropped a touchdown. Wasn't the easiest catch, but Greg Olson is like super touchdown dependent now. I think three of his last six games he has less than ten yards. Yeah. Uh, including today, Greg Olson ended up with oh, sorry, less than fifteen yards. Let's say he had two for eleven today. Uh, that's pretty much the takeaways there. I think it's time to go to the game, Heath. Yeah. Ready to rock and roll? Oh yeah. Seattle 30, Carolina 27. Uh, Wilson, Carolina gave this game away. They should have won. I mean, you thought they were, you thought this was an easy win for them. I thought they were going to win. And I think they should have won. They were winning almost the entire game. They dominated the first half and were somehow ahead by three at halftime. And then Graham Gano misses a field goal. Yeah, I mean, that's what Pete Carroll said. He said, um, we we stopped them in the red zone, and that was the key of the game. They didn't quite cash in enough. Cam had a bad interception in the in the uh, end zone. Cam, I gotta say this, man. Cam Newton, he makes some terrible Jameis Winston, Eli Manning like decisions, and I yeah. cannot understand it. Wow. I think it's hard to play quarterback. That's that's probably true. Um, Wilson and Cam, though, uh, they both finished with pretty good games. Wilson, 25 fantasy points and six point per passing touchdown leagues and Cam Newton with uh, 26. Wilson was awesome in the second half of this game and just like when they, they finally went to a more pass heavy scheme in the second half at least. Now he still only got 30 pass attempts because they ran it so much in the first half. I was, I'm a little concerned about Chris Carson. Really? He, what do you mean? He dominated the carries. He, he had 16 carries. He averaged about three yards per carry. YPC for life. <laughs> And he lost a couple of drives, even though they didn't run it as much, to Rashad Penny. 
And when they get in the hurry up, it's almost all Mike Davis. He His day was saved by a touchdown. Well, two of his next three games are against the 49ers. Who have been pretty good against running backs. Yeah, but I, I mean the game script should be good for him, right? That's true, yes. Uh, the other games against Minnesota. The schedule's not all that easy, but then week seven, week 16 against the Chiefs. I don't know. I, I, it's interesting. That's an interesting takeaway. Uh, 16 carries. Davis had four carries. Penny had four carries. Carson got the, the touchdown. And he was averaging 4.5 yards per carry entering the game YPC for life. Uh, that's, uh, that's pretty much, we've talked about all the wide receivers in this game. And finally, the Panthers did not allow a touchdown to a tight end. Uh, Cameron Brait, Jordan Reed, Greg Olson, who's your favorite rest of the season? I will take Jordan Reed and PPR, and I think I'll still take Olsen over Brait. Cleveland 35, Cincinnati 20. Alright, Makefield we talked about. Nick Chubb is an unstoppable force. So much for uh, Duke Johnson's usage. Yeah, yeah. His previous two games he had eight catches for 78 yards and two touchdowns, and four catches for 31 yards and a touchdown. But, uh, three touches in this game. Uh, Landry, we talked about. You don't, I'm assuming you're not interested in Antonio Callaway, 15% owned. In deeper leagues, sure, but not in a 12 team league, probably not. Joe Mixon. You know, it would be nice if they would win a game because he's got 14 or fewer carries in five of his last six games and they're all losses. I thought they'd be more competitive in this game, but he still came through. 89 rushing, 66 receiving, and 7 catches. So you, you got something there. But I think that is a disturbing trend, Heath. When they are losing 14 or fewer carries in 5 of his last 6 games. Yeah, as long as I, – I, I'm fine with 14 carries if you're catching five, or 5 to 7 passes a game. Yeah. It's when he catches 14 and isn't involved in the passing game that it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, and I know you like Tyler Boyd this week. I was a little unsure, but he came through 85 yards and a touchdown on eight targets. And, and he had a phenomenal – his best catch of the entire game didn't count. He went up and mossed two defenders over the top for like a 40-yard gain, and it was called back because of illegal procedure. Hmm, I don't know if I saw that one. Wow. Phenomenal catch. Was it better than Beckham's? No, he used two hands. <laughs> Tampa Bay 27, San Francisco 9. Is that right? No. Nine, yeah. Nine? You're, that's right. Sometimes you make typos on these, but I always point them out. You don't ever have to wonder. <laughs> did they miss the extra point? Uh, they did miss an extra point, yes. Okay. Uh, Tampa Bay had the ball for 34 minutes and 9 seconds. San Francisco for a little less than 26 minutes. and Yeah, Nick Mullins, uh, not so much, 10 points. But I, I knew that a wide receiver was going to catch a touchdown, and here's Dante Pettis, four catches, 77 yards, and a touchdown. The streak continues every single game against the Buccaneers. A wide receiver's caught a touchdown. Uh, any interest in Dante Pettis? I've got a little bit because of where they were lying at. They were using him in the slot a lot, and I don't think Nick Mullins can make very many of the big boy throws outside. So whoever's playing that slot role, and we've seen it, George Kittle plays over the middle of the field. That's where he's always looking. So whoever's playing the slot role, I think, has appeal. It will be interesting if Goodwin comes back next week where what their lineup looks like. Do you think Matt Breida is uh, more reliable than Gus Edwards and Josh Adams? Yeah, I do. Yeah, he's good. Oh, and, he's phenomenal. He, yeah. I think he broke the record today for the fastest time by a ball carrier. No kidding. He went over 22 miles per hour with the ball. 14 carries, 106 yards for Brita. Three catches, 34 yards. It's two straight games with three catches for 30 yards, or a little more than 30 yards. So, oh, I said Brita scored, didn't I? 
Was I yeah, was wrong. I agreed with you just because I assumed that you knew what you were talking about. <laughs> uh, he did not score. Uh, what else we got here? Peyton Barber scored. 18 carries, 47 big yards, and a touchdown. <laughs> Thoughts? Yeah, that's that's very Peyton Barber. I think he's in that same LaShawn McCoy category where you're hoping he scores a touchdown. Josh Adams or Peyton Barber rest of the season? Oh, Josh Adams. I, I'd take Josh Adams over two Peyton Barbers. I just want to point out that Josh Adams' schedule stinks going forward, but so does Peyton Barber's isn't very good. Uh, all right, Mike Evans was great. Deshaun was not. It's time to drop Deshaun Jackson, people. He's 95% owned. And Adam Humphreys is 24% owned. And Chris Godwin is 71% owned. Who should be the second most owned Bucks receiver? Probably Humphreys. Uh, Philadelphia 25, Giants 22. Eli Manning, another game with a lot of yards and one touchdown. And uh, I think we can stop looking at Eli Manning. Uh, yeah, we weren't we weren't really like he was a low end streamer this yeah. week, but. We weren't overly excited about him, and I have absolutely no interest in him for the rest of the season. Maybe at Indianapolis in week 16. Yeah. But he was, he was fine. I thought it was interesting what happened with Evan Ingram. Uh, yeah, well, what happened from what I read was he hurt his hamstring in the warmups and didn't play. And they didn't tell anybody until 15 minutes after the games had started. He was on the sideline <laughs> with his helmet. And it just never played. Let me tell you something. In the fourth quarter of that game, the broadcaster, the color broadcaster, I don't know who it was, he starts going, he starts criticizing the Giants for not using Evan Ingram. Somebody's got to alert your your broadcast team that Evan Ingram has been hurt and didn't play the entire game. So that Red was Ellison was good. Red Ellison was good. I can't imagine you're too interested <laughs> that in that. Um, I ah, look. Barkley had five touches in the second half. It was weird, but he was great. This game was, uh, I don't know, man. It was like, it was like a normal game, except it was missing a Beckham touchdown and a, and a Jeffrey touchdown. And then everything would have been right in the world. I, I just, and this is going to probably get you a little bit overly excited, but I'm not sure that there are any Philadelphia wide receivers that are must own. I can't see myself dropping Alshon Jeffrey. I know. I'd pick him but, up. I'd pick him up if you dropped him. But would you would you pick up Jarvis Landry if he was dropped? In PPR I would, yeah. But not necessarily. Have, I, I would rather have Jeffrey. They've basically been the same guy for the last three weeks, right? Yeah. I my excuse for Jeffrey was that he had faced Jacksonville and Dallas, who are both really good against receivers. And he had faced New Orleans, who all of a sudden is like the greatest team in the world. Uh so I thought he'd tear it up in this game. But, again, the Giants actually have been pretty good against wide receivers. It's a stupid excuse. Um, for Jeff. <laughs> like, at this point, no, I mean, at this point, it's like, it's enough already. I'm not making the excuse anymore. But it looked like he was a victim of bad matchups, but now it's just, it's just kind of a mess. I don't know. Well, it doesn't, like, he was great in this game. They threw the ball to him three times, he caught all three of them and averaged 13 yards per catch. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't matter if you get three targets, and he's getting three, four, or five targets a game. It's true. Uh, I uh, I guess I'll say this. If the Giants had three sacks in this game, which Heath said, I, I have a hard time believing that because I just can't imagine they'd actually get three sacks. That tells you something about the Eagles' offensive line. Yes. And it hurts Jeffrey. Uh, it hurts everyone. 
do you trust Carson Wentz down the stretch? This is two bad games in a row. <clears throat> and I, I say bad, bad fantasy games. Cl- completed 75% of his passes. Yeah, I mean, it's clear that he's not an elite quarterback. Um, I throw water in your face. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, like, it's going to be interesting next week, because I haven't come anywhere close to looking at rankings for next week, so I don't want to say something and then somebody not listen to anything else and make their decision based on this. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to happen, yeah. But as of right now, I'd probably lean towards starting Baker Mayfield over him. Uh, so Wentz has Washington. I think that's the Monday night game. And who did we say Mayfield had? I'll tell you. Mayfield has Houston, Houston on the road. Right, I mean, that sounds reasonable, I suppose. One, one thing I'll, Wentz is just not doing. He's just not running. He's just not running. No, and they, they actually called a couple of the uh, read options. And like even when he was carrying the football and supposed to be running, he wasn't moving. Uh, Baltimore 34, Oakland 17. Big time of possession advantage for the Ravens in this game. Dude, like Doug Martin. Yeah, we need to give him some credit. This is the same problem over and over again. Here is carries in his last five games, 13, 11, 15, 10, and 11. But he's been really good per carry at YPC for life, and he scored a touchdown today. And he usually catches two or three passes. Three catches for 21 yards, yeah. 66% owned. And Kansas City next week. Yeah. And the Bengals in two weeks. You might be able to use them. I I want you to tell somebody Doug Martin could be a league-winning running back. No, because he's got Denver in week 16, so I will not say that. He's just going to get you to the championship. (laughs) Uh, Maybe. I, I give Put him in your credit. flex, and then you can use Alshon Jeffrey once you get to the championship game. And the most important thing is like he completely dominated the carries. He had 11. Rashard had one. DeAndre Washington had three. Um, Jared Cook made the second best catch that Heath's ever seen. And we have spoken a lot about the Ravens. I think we're good there. Yeah, you don't have to. I did think it was interesting receivers. that the second in line with <laughs> Alex Collins inactive was Ty Montgomery. He had eight That's carries. That's a good point, yeah. And was very efficient. Caught three passes as well. He could become a thing. I watched uh, the highlights of Gus Edwards, like most of his carries. I I don't know how good he is. It does, I don't no. I I agree one hundred percent, Adam. He doesn't have the ability to make like the types of moves that we think of good running backs making. But the thing that I noticed is he goes forward. He does. Yeah. And Lamar Jackson has the defense just kind of in pause mode, not knowing which direction to go. And then Gus Edwards smacks him in the mouth. And it doesn't really matter because I'm going to tell you, if he's getting 20 carries a game, it, it really doesn't matter. But I'm going to tell you where going into week 12, his upcoming opponents ranked in fantasy points to running backs. 27th, 25th. Oh, no, 27th was Oakland. 25th, 31st, and 26th in his next three weeks. Uh, so it just won't matter. All right, New England 27 and the Jets 13. And disappointing Heath that Elijah McGuire... Did not take over in the backfield. He had six carries. Crowell had six carries. McGuire only had one catch. Well, what the most disappointing thing of all was the fact that those passes were going to Crowell. I think Crowell had four targets in this game. And this is the same thing. that, And I don't know why I fell for it again. This is the same thing they did to us with Bell. It's true. We would yeah. see him have great games in the passing game and really look like he has some value in PPR. And then all of a sudden they wouldn't throw it to him and they'd just throw it to Crowell. Any or Forte. Sorry. Uh, any interest in a Jets receiver? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, but good game for Chris Hernan. 
Yeah, well, Curse and Unwin Hernan all had pretty good games, and Hernan seven catches for 57 yards. He's certainly becoming probably someone who's going to be in the top 12 at tight end. Yep. 55% out. Buffalo 24, Jacksonville 21. I don't know if there are any takeaways here, Heath. What do you think? In deep leagues, it's probably time to stop ignoring Robert Foster. What? He had, this is, this oh, is the second two weeks time in, in three weeks that he's done this. Yeah, it's two games in a row because they had a bye last week. Yeah. Uh, not, not in a 12 team league, but we've got some leagues that are 14, 16 teams or like our IDP league where we have 15 bench spots. Ignoring. I don't know. He, his skill set, <laughs> I, I don't think he's a very good route runner and I don't know that he has exceptionally good hands, but he can fly. And Josh Allen's really only good at one thing. That's throwing the ball a long way. And running. And running. And so I, I think the skill sets mesh pretty well. Robert Foster, his first seven games, he had two catches for 30 yards. His last two games, he has five catches for 198 yards and a touchdown on seven targets. Uh, McCoy, we talked about, probably going to be okay next week. <clears throat> and uh, good luck with the Westbrook and Moncrief. But I do think Carlos Hyde is, is going to be the top waiver wire priority in a lot of leagues, assuming Fournette gets hurt or excuse, gets suspended. Chargers 45 and Arizona 10. Uh, and again, a lot of time in possession here. Chargers had the ball for over 35 minutes. Uh, any concerns at all about David Johnson, or we're just going to call it a bad game? I think this is right within the range of David Johnson outputs. 17 carries, 63 yards, two catches, and 16 yards. It was, uh, I, I have to assume, and I don't know this, but I, I have to assume that they got just killed in time of possession this game. No, you weren't listening to me. Bad. I thought that you said that about the Baltimore game. Uh, also this game. <laughs> I don't think you told us that. I did, I did. 35 okay. minutes and 18 seconds for the Chargers. 24-42 okay. yeah. for the Cardinals. It, it was a disappointing game for Rosen. Uh, I can't, I can't imagine you thought Philip Rivers was gonna complete more than 90% of his passes, but he was certainly better than the, uh, prognosticators thought. Philip Rivers. Yeah, he's probably gonna be a, a top seven or eight quarterback this week. Uh, this upcoming week, that would be at Pittsburgh. No, I mean, oh, well, oh, 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 oh. Uh, well, let's see where he is. In six point per passing touchdown leagues, he's, uh, sixth. So yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Uh, okay. I think that's more or less that game. Another good game for Keenan Allen. He's been red hot. And Antonio Gates, nobody bought in. Only 14% only had one catch. Colts 27, Dolphins 24. I gotta give the Dolphins credit for hanging around, but if there's one thing that has defined Ryan Tannehill's career, it's this. You just don't want the ball in his hands with the game on the line. Like, you knew there was no chance the Dolphins were winning that game when they had the ball Backed up in their own territory in a tie game. Just no chance. And it didn't happen. Colts get the win. We talked about Kenyon Drake. We talked about the Dolphins receivers. Leonte, Leonte Carew had a 74-yard touchdown catch. Another great game for Andrew Luck. That is eight or nine straight games with 27 or more fantasy points. Uh, how interested are you in Naeem Hines and or Jordan Wilkins now? It was interesting because early in the game, Wilkins was actually getting more of the passing work, and Hines was just not really on the field. But then when Mack went down, we saw Hines really take over, and, and Wilkins didn't do much. So I I would have more interest in Hines than I would in Wilkins. Wilkins did not have a carry in this game. He did have three catches, and he fumbled. And then in terms of the tight ends, like how are you approaching Ebron and, and Doyle? 
this this game was a hit for Jack Doyle, and it's just one game, so I'm not going to assume that this is necessarily the way it is moving forward. But if he's getting fewer targets than Eric Ebron, then he's not going to be a top 12 t- tight end. Oh, a hit, like he took a hit, like a bad thing. Yes. I don't know, that's a little deceiving when you say a hit. Like, sounds like it's a good thing. Yeah, I guess it would depend on your tone and your inflection and you're, and you're uh, relying on the audience to perceive it the correct way, which you obviously didn't. <laughs> okay, uh, Denver 24, Pittsburgh 17, <laughs> Roethlisberger. I got to look up. You know what? I'm going to look up something here because uh, <laughs> I want to – the last – I want to know how many times he's thrown the ball at Mile High Stadium or whatever it is. Because he threw 56 passes in this game, and this oh, trend for 462 yards could have had a huge game, but he threw an interception on their final play. Uh, anyway, what are your takeaways from Denver Pittsburgh? There is, and this has kind of been the case for a good portion of the year. It's gone back and forth, but once again in this game, Ben and Antonio Brown were just not on the same page. There were a couple of bad misses between those two, including the first interception that Ben threw. There was another time where it didn't even look like Brown was running the same route that Ben thought he was going to. I don't understand what's going on with those two. They're obviously both awesome. They've played together for a decade. But there's something, there's something's not quite right. Well, I mean, he, Brown had caught a touchdown in eight straight games going into this. Right. But he's also not, he has had a ton of touchdowns. He was, I believe, on pace for a, five-year low in receptions and in yards. Yeah. And his catch percentage and his yards per carry aren't near as good as what his career radar. Yards per catch. God, you love yards per carry. Now you're even That's using true. it for wide receivers. Uh, it wasn't at, at Denver. It was This was the stat. Ben Roethlisberger, I'll update the stats. He has thrown 46 or more passes in four straight road games. So, man. Uh, no wonder he's been so good on the road. He's got Chargers at home, Oakland on the road, New England at home, Saints on the road. And if Heath and I meet up in the IDP League in the championship in week 16, it'll be his Drew Brees against my Ben Roethlisberger. Saints hosting the Steelers. Let's hope for that, Heath. That would be exciting, although there's like 73 players in those lineups, so the quarterback doesn't hardly even matter. True, and I have uh, Christian McCaffrey and Antonio Brown, so... I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good. Yeah. Um, are are you the highest scoring team in that league? No, but I'm the best. Okay. <laughs> As measured by a different measure. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders was good. He was very good. He loves revenge games. He hates the Steelers. Apparently. He'll probably be bad next week. Just to You can drop you Portland Sutton. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Their next, uh, here's their upcoming schedule at Cincinnati. I don't know if I want to drop anybody going into a game at Cincinnati than at That's San Francisco. True. Oh man, their schedule's so good. Gosh, Philip Lindsay is going to just own fantasy leagues at Cincinnati, at San Francisco, Cleveland, at Oakland, and then the Chargers in week 17. And that is a short Sunday night show. We are out of here. Heath Cummings, thank you very much. It was a great time, Adam. I really enjoyed it. So did I. Appreciate you listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on Tuesday with the waiver wire. Stay cool.